Hey, Mystic Michaela spiritual family. Welcome to Know Your Aura with Mystic Michaela. Today, asking the question, am I an empath or empathetic? There is a difference between the two. Going to deep dive into that. But first, hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. How's it going? Crazy week, right? It was a crazy week. It was fun. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, what did we do? We had our, we had a big Zoom class. Yes. Um, we had uh, our Aura workshop. Yes. Which we've done, which you've done, you know, with my help a little bit. Of course. Yeah. Um, we've done so many times in, in person. We've done mm-hmm. it. We have done it a couple times on Zoom for mm-hmm. some companies and you know, we did it for a lot of the Mystic Michaela spiritual family. Yeah, it was night. really cool. I got to see a lot of the Mystic Michaela spiritual family members, um, how many people did we have? 22? We had 22, 22. people. Yeah, 22. And it was just, it's very, it was like my beginner's class. And it went so well. I'm offering another one and I think we'll be doing that more and more. It was fun. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, it, was, it was interesting because we did have a lot. I think the only color that we did not have were reds. We right? didn't have reds. I, no, we didn't have any reds. No, you're right. We had a few green women. We did. Was, which was interesting. Yes. Because uh, usually we don't get a lot of green women. Yeah. Uh, we even had one male we did we had a guy you did yes and i told the group you know like before the actual event i told them you know if i was a guy and i was single <laughs> which i'm not i said this, this would be the best place to meet you know women you like, should like tell people that like hey you know yeah. you, you want to meet people come come to this zoom class right because it's going to be there's no competition <laughs> that's true it's just basically you well a lot of them are in relationships no but not all of them no no i meant if you're single yeah. yeah yeah no i mean the women you know oh right yeah well yeah no you're right it's a good place to meet girls <laughs> it's true yeah. one of my conferences sure I mean, and they're yeah. welcome to it. The ones that are single, they're like, okay, bring me a normal person, please. Right. So, like, if, <laughs> I mean, this is not going to happen, but, like, if we ever, you know, like, were to, to part, which will never happen. Right. You could, come I come, could I come to one of your conferences? <laughs> would you let me? No. What? I would block you. <laughs> oh, really? You'd be in the freezer. Oh, that's right. I'd be in the freezer. <laughs> You'd be totally in the freezer. Oh, all right. That's all right. That's funny. All right. Well, <laughs> last week we did... Um, we we did a, a thing where uh, people sent in their photos, yeah. and you know we have a lot of new listeners that have come on, and uh, and the and the biggest thing is that they want to know their colors. Yeah, last week we did a giveaway, right? Because for our fiftieth episode, right? And we had this thread on the Facebook page where people put in their selfies. We were just going to pick randomly, and we got so many. Right. We uh, decided to do some more in this episode. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, we had about, I think over a thousand entries. Yeah. Um, and then some people on the page were writing like. Uh, their experience of actually hearing their name called, which I thought was really fascinating, which was pretty cool. Uh, and, you know, where they were at the moment. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, you have to check out the pages. Oh, yeah, check that out. Yeah, check them out. They were really excited that they actually, like, when they heard their name called, like... That's so crazy. Yeah, someone, like, was getting goosebumps. And, oh, fun. Like, this was the time they needed it, all these oh, kind of things. Good. So we figured we'll, we would kind of just do some more today. Okay, yeah, that's what we're doing. So all we're right, going to so, pick them randomly, and I'll just... Look at the pictures. Yeah, these are randomly selected. The first one we have is Desiree Kugel. Kugel. Okay. She, she has a picture with her dog. Let me look at her. Okay. So she's purple and indigo, but she's wearing she's wearing like an inauthentic red. Inauthentic red. Yeah. Okay, so but she's indigo. purple and indigo, and I bet she knows she wears that red too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then we have, next up is Corey with a K, Renee. Okay. She is purple blue. Purple blue. Popular combo for a Mystic Michaela spiritual family member? It is, yes. yes. One of the more popular combos. Right. And if I do butcher your name, please forgive me. Forgive him. Uh, Elise? Well, <laughs> yeah. Peplowski? Yes. Did I get that one right? Yeah, well... And oh, this is for... Wait, okay. we didn't pick Elise. 
Right. We picked her boyfriend. Oh, okay. It's a picture of them together. And it's a picture of them together. You know, they're both the same. They're both purple yellow. Oh, they're both Isn't that purple. crazy? That's interesting. Yeah. So, did, well, I have a question about that. Okay. So, if we have two combos that are the same. Is that, would they get along well? Yeah. Or, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Especially, like, I think yellows, you know, enjoy other yellows. Okay. And they're purple, too. So, they, they, have, they both have that split personality of the purple yellow, which purple yellows get. Kind of like I want to do it perfect, but I also don't want to do it at all. Like that, okay. you know, kind of like that balance. Now, there was a bachelor couple you did a reading for, mm-hmm. uh, you know, on your one of your stories. Oh, yeah. Uh, and the, the girl Becca was red and blue. Yes, Garrett and, and Becca. And he was red and blue. Yeah, they were both red and so blue. So, like, if we were both red and blue, would that be issues reds, maybe? Reds don't work together. I talked about this on my story. I should talk about it now. I, Garrett yeah. and Becca. Yeah, I, I, that's a good idea, actually. Um, so, Becca... The Bachelorette, she's red and blue. Right. And then she picked Garrett, who's red and blue. And what happened was, the thing with red people is, is that they get stuck on a point. And then if they think they're right, they'd rather be right and alone than, um, I don't know, than give in, you know? So they'd rather just be right and then just be like, whatever, I'm right. So I feel like Garrett just got stuck on his point. Okay. And... And here's the thing, and, and just because it was political, a lot of stuff that happened like was very political, and he was like kind of saying like the whole all lives matter, and it's just like a whole turned into this whole thing. Intention is not ruled by aura color. Like your aura color is just how you go about things. So like red people aren't all one way. It's just they're all stubborn about whatever their intention. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So anyway, so he got really stuck on his point. Okay. And I feel like she got really stuck on her point. Okay. And it was hard for them to budge. Now I feel like Becca's more of a giver than he is. So I feel like she was trying and he just wasn't budging. And at some point she had to kind of just be like, you know what? And I feel like he put her in like a weird predicament, like me versus like your, your business, what people think. Like he wanted her to choose him over, over, over like her side. ideals. Yeah. And also a lot of stuff that was going to isolate her from, I guess like, I mean, this is her livelihood in a yeah. lot of ways. And he made her make that choice. And that's not nice in a relationship to make somebody like put somebody in that position. I feel like that's what he did to her. He put her in that position, but really two red people don't have any business being together. I mean, they, I feel like at first they had a lot of the same values and character qualities and stuff like that. But when it came to uh, like some sort of sticking point and then he made it between, he shouldn't have brought it into their relationship. And I feel like that's what happened. Okay. So it's good that you're not also a red blue. Yeah, I don't the, think that like, would cause work. Because I'm a red blue. I mean, most people know I'm a red blue. Yeah, I don't think that would work. Right. That would just be, we'd be too feisty. It was like, but, yeah, butt heads, but you heads. know. All right. Well, I was actually scrolling through because we're still doing the counts. We still have okay. a couple more names. Okay. And then I came to this Rachel Theber just randomly, oh. and I think she's a red blue. She's a red blue. You're right. Yeah. Good, Scott. Thank you. You know your own peoples. I know my people. <laughs> I know it's hard for them for women for me to get the red blues, but for men, I'm really good at getting the red blues. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, you know. I hear what you're saying. Yeah, you hear me. Yeah. All right. Next up, we have Kayla Haygood. Okay. All right. So she's a yellow blue. A yellow blue. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, next one is um, he's kind of like a friend of mine now, uh, Rod Serling. Who's that? Matt Serling, he did, he's the Twilight Zone. Oh going. my gosh. He Scott. did the opening for one of our yes, uh, podcasts, the Astral Sex episode. Yes, you're right. And he kind of talked to me. You know, he's I know he's dead, passed. Isn't yeah, of he? course, yes. he's dead. He's dead. But, you know, he passed and he still wants to know his colors. I mean, I don't he know. put in a picture. I don't even know. Mm. I don't red have blue. it in front of he's me. A red okay, blue. got he's it. He's a red blue. <laughs> and the last one for this batch, we have Olivia Fredrickson. 
Okay, so she's purple, blue. Purple, blue. So we'll do more of these. At the end of the show. At the end of the show. All right. So if you didn't hear it, we still have some more that we're going to do. We're going to pick about another five or six names. um, And we'll get to that towards the end. All right. Cool. All right. So as I always like to do. Yes. I like to take the topic and see if it kind of pertains to me. Yeah, of course. Because, you know. Yeah. And I really feel. It's just how you are. That's how I am. I'm a red, blue. I'm a red. So I really feel that I'm an empath. And I know you're talking about empathetic people mm-hmm. versus empathy, right? Yeah. Empathic. Like, yeah, somebody who's an empath Path versus... Somebody who has empathy. Empathy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I feel like... And can you... Are you born with that or no? Is that somebody born? I feel like can you're it? born an empath. Okay. So I, But everyone is... And I'm going to talk about this. Yeah. Most, like 99% of people have empathy. I mean, that's just a human empathy, trait that we're right. supposed to have unless you're like a serial killer, you know? Right. But it doesn't mean they're an empath. It doesn't mean they're an empath. But I think now that oh. I'm an empath. Oh, you've, you've become one? Yeah, I don't think I was born an empath. Mm-hmm. And that's why I asked the question. Yeah. But I think like around, you know, the last few years. <laughs> around 38. Yeah. <laughs> I became an empath. Like you woke into your empath? Yes. Okay. I am now an empath. You're an empath. Okay. So, of course, you know, I wanted to go and do some research like I always do. And yes. I came out with this list. And, All I, right. and I think we're going to find that Let's I'm an empath. Let's figure it out. All right. I, we already know I'm a psychic medium. So this is like a quiz. Like, am yeah. I an empath? Yeah. Versus yeah. just, you know, yeah. I have empathy. Okay. Okay. So the first one is, um, have you ever been labeled as overly sensitive? Oh, God. I have. You have, yes. Have but you ever? No. Nope. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but like, are you overly sensitive? You know, and I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking about it. And now I, I am, because remember the time. Do you remember the time? Okay. It was New Year's Eve. Okay. And I wanted to go to a certain restaurant. Okay. Oh, yes. And yes. I got very upset. This is before we were married. Because we, yeah. And, you know, I wanted to go to Roasties. <laughs> you did. And nobody else wanted to go to Roasties. So I kind of had like like a, what would you call a, it? That was a temper tantrum. That's a tantrum tantrum? Yeah, you, had a, you can't even <laughs> say it. I can't even say it. That's a temper tantrum? You had a temper tantrum. That's I'm not, going to Roasties. That wasn't overly sensitive. You had a temper tantrum because nobody wanted, that was a red or a temper tantrum oh because nobody gosh. wanted to go to your stupid restaurant. Seriously? Yes. <sighs> they had such good uh, chicken. They did. Okay. Well, and you know, me and New Year's Eve, I'm a social distancer at heart. I never like New Year's. You're triggered by New Year's. Yeah. That's another issue you have. All right. That's different. So you're saying I'm not overly sensitive. I'm just... You had a temper tantrum. A temper and that tantrum. also, you're bringing up an instance from like, I want to say almost 18 years ago. Well, It's not even like, <laughs> like I have an overly sensitive example of myself from this morning. Like oh. I... Oh, it's not like just once in a while? Has anybody ever called you, hey, Scott, you know, you're really overly sensitive. Um, no. I mean, the only time I really can think of was at Roasties and Okay. So somebody who's an empath gets called that frequently. Okay. And is like ashamed of it. So it's not like once every 18 years? No. Okay. It's like every day and like the family knows, like your family, your friends, everyone's like, oh, he's sensitive. You oh. know, it's like a whole thing. And you're like, oh my God. All right. I am. <laughs> like usual, I'm not off to a good start. All right. Well, it's okay not to be an empath. It's okay to have, you know, just have empathy, be a reg- like a regular person. Like, that's okay. All right, but let's go through the rest. All right, let's see what else the, the, we got. The jury is not set here. Okay. All right. Do you absorb uh, other people's stress, emotions, have symptoms that the other person has? Okay. And now I thought about this. Okay. And, I, and the cat causes me a lot of stress. You get mad at people. I don't think that that, and, and the cat, you get like mad at situations 
at ideas, at people, at humanity in general. Right. But you don't like get you don't get like upset inside of yourself though. You just get angry that anybody would inconvenience you <laughs> or whatever or make you like change your behavior in a way. Okay. That's so, different. Like that's different than like um like when somebody's upset, all of a sudden you're upset too. Or if somebody is negative, then you start feeling anxious inside. Like that doesn't happen so, to you. So, like when, so when the cat's like scratching the chair okay. and I can't handle it and I get all stressed out, that's not. That's empath- more you're, you're mad at the cat. Oh, all right. All right. Well, and, all then right. What I, and then what happens is, is I get very stressed out because I feel your stress. Right. And that's empath stuff. So you, okay. We told this story before. Kind of yeah. like with the kids, for example. Like, I, I mean, we had a big fight because, like, you would get upset when, like, Abby, our baby, would cry. And I would get upset that you were upset. So I'd get mad at you for getting upset. And Got then you it. said, you're not allowed to control me that way. And I said, I can't help it. I feel your feelings as my own feelings. Please control your feelings. Okay. Which was a really weird fight. But that's what, after All this right. many years, that's what we fight about. All right. well, well, at least I'm learning here. <laughs> I'm over two, but I think the, no, the next No, you just one... get mad at people. You All don't. Right. I mean, but you tell, I don't want to tell you what you feel. Well. You tell maybe, me what you feel. Well, let me see the third one. Okay. Okay. This one I know I do. Okay. okay. Do you startle, startle easy? Do you startle easy? Oh, that's so, interesting. Okay. So remember that one time I walked into my closet? You were hiding in there and jumped out at me. <laughs> I and did. I was startled. That was a few months ago. <laughs> I was freaked out. Okay. That was during okay. lockdown. Right. We were very bored. Okay. And I just thought it would be hysterical to hide in your closet. <laughs> So bored. I was so bored. And I walked in and then I was I startled. Felt bad because I thought you were going to die. I know. I almost, heard, I almost had a heart You day. scream like a girl. Okay. Like you scream. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, but like startle easy, I think for empaths versus okay. that would be yeah. like, um, I don't know, like any little noise or like if, if like, so, like for example, if I hear a thud, I, my heart drops. I'm like, what happened? What's going on? Or like right. something outside or whatever. Does that happen to you? Uh, no. Like, if I hear a weird thud upstairs, yeah. and I know the kids are up there, like, all of a sudden my heart's in my throat. Does oh, that really? happen to you? No, I, I kind of think it's, sometimes I think it's like a ghost or something, and I get scared. Okay, so so again, it's more like, what's going to happen to me? Right. You know, whereas mm-hmm. versus, like, I think another way to look at it would be, like, do you take on the energy of what's going on versus, like, you're more, like, oh, what's going to get me? Yeah. I don't know. All right. But well, that's interesting. Right, startle but- easy. I, I bet there's a million other examples of yeah, that. Yeah, we got I can't a couple more of. here that we're going to go okay. through. Um, I'm over, you're overstimulated by noise. Well, this one we know for you. Oh, as you just said it, odors. Yes. And nonstop talkers. Oh, wow. So for me, if someone's nonstop talking, that does I walk you. away. No, that triggers you. So that one I'm actually good on, right? And I think if you had a better sense of smell, which is not your fault. I don't have a good sense of smell. Yeah, I know. That would trigger you too. Okay. So, I, so you're saying here, I got this one. You got this one. Yes. All right. I, so you're I, very sensitive to when people talk too much. Yes. And, but you know what's different? See, the thing is, is because I'm an empath, I let them keep going. What do you do? I walk away. Now, do you care if they think you're rude if you walk away? No. See, that's, and, and so I will let them keep going, da, 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 like, because I would never want to feel uh-huh. them feeling unimportant if I left the conversation. Right. I'll come back sometimes, though. Like, if I, you know, if I... Get something to eat, have a drink, whatever. Well, like you got have a party the, or something. Well, I'll come I back. think the difference between that is like you have bound, like you, 
you aren't controlled by your own feelings if you, you know, excuse yourself from a situation, which makes you more comfortable in situations. Yeah. So like when I enter a social situation, I feel like I have less boundaries. Therefore, I'm usually less comfortable. Therefore, I'll avoid it. I think a lot of empaths do that. Yeah. And like you don't avoid it. You're like, because you know, you'll leave when you want to and you yeah. won't care. Right. Like however, how anybody takes that. Yeah. Sometimes I, I do kind of like say, okay, hey, you know, I mean, do we even have to talk about this? Can we just move on to the next topic? <laughs> you do. So anyway. Yeah. I'm right. But I'm right. I mean, you're not mean about it, but I'm sure people could take it that way. <laughs> All right. This I one. Go ahead. I definitely fits me. You okay. take your own car places. So you have. Oh God, no. That's definitely me. Yeah, that's not me at all. See, yeah, I don't even so that fit one, that at all. Well, you take me. Oh, thus, I take you. You take, I drive, I'm your ballet. Yes, I hate going places alone. Right. That is true. I, yeah. But you know, that's true. I've always been like that. Yeah. Like, even as a kid before you, like, I always like to go with a friend. Yeah. And my mom said I always pick louder people than myself. You do. Like you or like other, like, I always pick like pushier people to be friends with. I love pushier people because like maybe I felt more protected around them or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. But you do. You take your own car. Yeah, yes. I'll never. I, you don't like being no, a passenger. I, I never be a I'll never be a passenger. Because you don't want to get stuck right. anywhere. Right. I don't want to be stuck. You I'll, hate even. Oh my gosh. You like, you're not even on the Uber train yet. Like you can't even do that. I, we, we did a couple times, but it's not my favorite you, thing. You don't like it. No. Why? Because that's like freedom. Well, I did. Like, and I, this is the thing. I like to have the car. I like to have knowing the car's there. Yeah. So I don't like the valet. I, I mean, I, I want if I want to get my car, I want to get the car. Yeah, that's more red. That's your control. Yeah. Mine's my. I guess it's all an element of control. Yeah. Mine too. I guess you trust yourself more. Maybe mm-hmm. empaths don't trust themselves as much. I don't know. Something mm-hmm. like that. I mean, like when I want to go, I want to go. So if I yeah. don't have my car and I got to wait on you because you yeah. drove me, the, not you, the other person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never get in the car with you. That's dangerous. Oh, no. That's just dangerous. Okay. That's just okay. Dangerous. I can drive. It's just not my favorite. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> you prefer. Okay. So, so I got a couple of these. I'm going to say, you know, you usually, know you're usually, getting there. Usually I get zero, but now I got like two. You have a couple. Yeah. Yeah. You prefer one on one interaction, small or small groups, rather than a large gathering. Okay. Okay. And Depends. I thought, you know, for me, that also makes sense. I do prefer. Like the one-on-one interaction, I think. Yeah. Uh, small groups. Uh, what do you think? I don't know. I, you know, that I found with empaths, it depends you know, what what you're feeling. Like yeah. if you're purple in, if you're purple and you feel a little purple. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I just want, I tell you all the time, sometimes I just, I miss going out to like a bar just to see other, just to kind of be in that vibe. Like in certain places have really great vibes. Like I yeah. miss that. But okay. you always hate that. You yeah. never like going to like, like, cause we're in Florida. We have, we're in South Florida. We have great bars here. Like just, you don't even have to drink. Like you can just go and just be in the vibe and, and people are real weird and cool and laid back. And it's like that sometimes I'm in the mood for that. Yeah. But so, but that's when I'm more purple. So, but then other t- but I guess if I want more meaningful conversation, like, yeah, I don't want the loud music or the, this or that. No. So that's that's hard to ask me, but okay. you always—that's for you. No, yeah, I don't like you. Don't like big places, stimulus, no, anything like that. I mean, I was ter- remember that one time we walked into that large orgy. I was like freaking out. What orgy? That orgy we walked into. What are you talking about? Oh, sorry, that, was, you, some, that you, was something else. Okay, I hate one. what you. Next one. <laughs> Next one. <laughs> Moving on. What orgies are you walking into? Well, Jenny, cut the cut the mic. <laughs> <laughs> edit this out. I edit this out right. quick. Tell Please. us about the orgy. Adam, edit this out, okay? Um, <laughs> all right, this one, I'm going to fail on this one. Oh, gosh. Strong reaction to caffeine. 
Oh, God, yes. Now, this is not me. I can drink a cup of coffee. Yeah. I might have even said this on the podcast already. I could drink a cup of, cup, cup of coffee at 9 p.m. at night mm-hmm. and fall asleep at 9.25. I know. It's so, true. All right. So no, that one we're even going to go. Caffeine, terrible anxiety for me. Yes. You take a long time to recuperate after being with difficult people or oh my God, what yes. we call energy vampires. Yes. Now, that's you for yes. to a T. But not you. Well, no. I mean, every once in a while. Once in a while. You need, like, the next day to chill. But, like, very rarely. Because yeah. you don't let it in. That's why. Yeah. Are you triggered by movies, TV shows? Yes. You are? Yeah. What? What? Tell me on the Netflix rules. We can't watch what? That's true. What? We can't, like, we can't watch half the movies. We can't watch... Horror movies. Horror movies. Yeah. Movies about... Uh, any like dogs, uh, dogs or, because even the kids are saying we can't watch movies about dogs. The I dogs tell them are, I will not. Die. The dogs always die in movies. Like there's maybe and then there, I know there's an exception to that, but if a, a movie's about a dog, it's gonna die, yeah. and I can't deal. Movies about murderers. I can't handle horror. Anything about or like, suspense. Yeah, you know, anything like that. I like funny movies. I mean, I, I cried at Jaws. <laughs> Does that count? I cried at Jaws. <laughs> Did you really? Well, how old were you? Like a couple of years ago. <laughs> When the captain died, you know Captain Quinn. You love you love Jaws I love and Captain you love Captain Quinn. Quinn. And I was crying. So yeah. would that make me? No. I don't recall any of that, but sure. All right. And the last one I have here as I we go through this. Do you replenish in nature? And you, I know you do, because after readings, I know you always go outside. And I just get some go sun. sit in the sun. Um, yes, that's true. I used to, but then that one time we went to the nude beach. After that, I said, you know, I'm not going to do this in nature so, anymore. So I, I used to. But the yeah, nude, you don't go sit outside. I'm no. big on that. Like I just wander out there and just like splay myself out in the sun. Well, I'm scarred from that nude beach experience. And Scott, we're all scarred. Kits or we're, we're all scarred from that. We all are. That, I'll, and I'm a visualizer, so I'm do, more scarred. Do, I think. Do you think it's possible that Skillshare could help me out with that? <laughs> Do they have? Do they have one like how to avoid nude, nude beaches? Let's find out. Okay, <laughs> let's find out. All right. So, one of our wonderful sponsors, Skillshare. I, I mean, honestly, this is such a cool thing, and they're, I've used it myself, and I just have been doing this one class, and actually, I keep going back to it because it's so good. It's Instagram-worthy photography. Shoot, edit, and share with Brandon Wolfel. It has helped me so much take better pictures for just my camera and of the kids and whatnot. But Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of inspiring classes for creative and curious people. You can explore new skills. You can deepen your passions, get lost in creativity. My daughter was taking a calligraphy class. I've done poetry ones. There's so much on there. Um, There's lots of creative classes. They're always changing. They're very for real life. And they're, they're short. They can help you stay inspired. They can just give you new ideas. They can introduce you to a community of lots of people. Um, for example, the photography class, like I get so many ideas. I've, I've sparked so much thought, so much new. It just makes me feel uh, like I'm doing something, especially like with quarantine and I don't know, we're kind of stuck inside a lot. You know, there's not as much going on. It gives me more, gives me, it opens up my world a little bit more. So, Skillshare offers membership with meaning, with so much to explore, real projects to create, and the support of fellow creative. Skillshare empowers you to accomplish real growth, and it's also incredibly affordable, especially when compared to pricey in-person classes or workshops. An annual subscription is less than $10 a month. It has classes to fit your schedule and skill level. They're all like mini classes, like a few minutes long and maybe like an hour total, the 
poetry one I just did was like half hour. The, you know, so it's not, they're not long. Um, and guess what? You get two free months of premium membership at Skillshare.com slash KYA. That's two whole months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. You can get started and join today by heading to Skillshare.com slash KYA. That's two free months. Kids will like it too. Of unlimited access to thousands of classes at Skillshare.com slash KYA. I really do recommend it. I like it. I use it a lot. Yeah. I just want to say I just uh, looked on the website to become a teacher Oh, for Skillshare. You can. Yeah. And I'm gonna, I'm, I just applied. I'm going to. Did you really? I, yeah, put in a t- how to avoid nude beaches when you're <laughs> with your entire family on vacation. And I'm hoping they'll pick up the class and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll do, I'll teach it. People keep asking me, why aren't you on Skillshare? They want me to go on and teach about auras on Skillshare. Would that, that be uh, fun? That would be neat. Yeah. But, I mean, I think my how to avoid a nude beach while you're on vacation will you be know, better. That's, but, you, know. you know, nobody tells you how to do that. Nobody does. Nobody, there's nobody nothing does. on that. No, there's no information. It's right. something you have to learn. Right. And why would you have to learn that the hard way like we did? We did, yeah. Why do you have to learn that the hard way I'll with a naked guy standing f- right in front of you, full mask? I'll never, and no, no tan lines. And now you- No tan lines. I just want to really, <laughs> for the visualizers, everything was brown up, like very tan. And it was like a pole. Right? What? Just, it was like just out there, what? like a, up like a pole. What are you talking? Th- What's the thing? The pole? It's, you know. It was, yes. Yeah. It was pointing at us. Yeah, all right. Well, and he spent, he was a white guy and he spent every day out there. He was like the color of like a sunset. It was the weirdest. I'll never forget how just, it's so disturbed by it. Yeah. Why do you trigger me? It was in St. Martin, I think. Not St. Kitts. St. Martin. Martin. No, Martin. it was. Yeah. All right. Well, this oh. is making me hungry. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? Ew. Well, there's your segue into Sunbasket, which, all right, here's the thing. Sunbasket's great. You can skip the grocery store and have delicious meals of full, organic, fresh produce delivered straight to your door. I love this subscription. It's clean ingredients. It's organic, fresh produce. It comes so well packaged in cool little meals, and it's easy to create. It is fresh, healthy, delicious meals straight to my door. Sunbasket has delicious recipes for all kinds of dietary preferences, including paleo, gluten-free, Mediterranean, vegetarian, and more. They make it easy and convenient with everything pre-portioned and ready to prep and cook. You can enjoy a full dinner full of organic, fresh produce and clean ingredients in as little as 15 minutes, no matter how much experience you have in the kitchen. Each week, Sunbasket offers a wide range of meals to choose from, so you can try mouth-watering dishes like whole scene, steak, strip lettuce cups with pickled daikon and carrots, roasted salmon with miso glazed eggplant, black bean tostadas, Diablo with cabbage slaw and guacamole. You can order from any meals across their menu. You can skip a week, whatever you need to do, or even double up on your favorites. It's simple and easy with no gotchas. I got, we, we got this, we've been getting it. It's really good. It's very fresh. Um, the Asian chicken salad was one of our favorites. I would get that again. I mean, and, but I always want to try new things. It's just all there. You don't have to shop for a million different ingredients. It all comes to you at once. And they're big, they're big portions. So right now, Sunbasket is offering $35 off your order when you go right now to sunbasket.com slash KYA and enter promo code KYA at checkout. That's sunbasket.com slash KYA and enter promo code KYA at checkout for $35 off your order. That again is sunbasket.com slash KYA and enter promo code KYA. And, and I just want to add that if you've been following the free Burt movement, 
That's hashtag free Bert B E R T. Um, he's been getting his son basket. Oh, is he? He's gaining. He, he's, he's gaining some of that yeah. quarantine lost weight. He's, he's getting. He's That's looking good. healthier. That's good. Not that, yeah, he's getting healthier. The only problem now is that he, you know, my my mom doesn't want him mm. eating anything from outside because she feels like the coronavirus could be on the, the boxes. Yeah. So he's been eating it in the shower. Oh my god. So he's been sun basketing in the shower. You have to cook this stuff, but yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Well, it's very I, yeah, I better, healthy food. I better make sure he's not eating it raw. <laughs> All right, so let's get to what you're talking about. Let's get into it. So the question being, am I an empath or am I just empathic? I'm going to talk about all of this here today. But before I get into some of the very nitty gritty stuff, I want to talk about some of the different ways empaths can find their gifts. Because first off, there are different types of empaths. I talk about empaths being on the aura colors of blue, turquoise, purple, and indigo. And and they operate differently. So there's different ways of being empaths. And I'm going to talk about what aura colors or which aura colors tend to be each one. And there isn't just one type. Then I'm going to go into the deeper implications of what being an empath is and how understanding how you function as one can shift your entire life perspective. Okay, so let's talk about the types of empaths that I come across in my practice and just in my daily life. First of all, there's like a physical absorbing empath. So many times turquoises and some blues will actually absorb the physical symptoms of people around them without even understanding they're doing it. So this is a very extreme case, but I have a client, she was so upset about her sister-in-law getting cancer. Um, All of a sudden she got it too in the exact same spot. You know, is it a coincidence? Sure, you could call it that. It's just she was so upset. And and this would happen to her all the time. If somebody had a headache, she'd get a headache. You know, little things like that. Um, and she's turquoise, okay? Or little innocuous things. Like I'll see clients will have knee pain because they absorbed it from their husband's knee. I'll see um, turquoises spending time with coworkers who have like digestive issues and then they get digestive issues. So they'll mirror health problems. And blue people will do it too. And people who absorb this physical pain and these symptoms have to understand that not only do they do this, but they're going to have to take caution. I see many physically absorbing empaths picking up pain and holding it for a moment in order, however, to deliver the message. And that's actually the point of this gift. That's what it's intended for. So a lot of healers have this gift. Sometimes when I'm doing a reading, Um, actually a lot, most of the time I'll I'll sometimes tap into my body. Like if I'm reading you or someone who passed or an animal, like a pet of yours, and I'll hurt somewhere for a moment, I call it shadow pain, but it's a way of the whole point of it is. So I deliver you the message and then it goes away. You're not supposed to keep it, but if you're not aware of it, your body will just keep the message. It's kind of like if you don't clear your voicemail and you keep getting alerts, and they're super annoying. And if you, you know, you have to clear it. You have to like, oh, I'm clearing the inbox here. This is, these are the messages. This is where it's hurting. Boom. And then you're free of it. That's the point of the gift. But you have to know that you're doing it. Um, another type of person, this is like the most common emotional empaths. All the callers really have this ability. Blue people and um, blue people have it the most, I would say. The other colors can too, but blues get the most tripped up with this, which emotions are theirs and versus others. They get it real mixed up. And I see it all the time. Just someone with a negative vibe can make like them feel negative or someone happy can make them feel happy. Like emotions become super contagious 
with this. Um, the place of, you know, the vibe of a place or the person or the situation is something that the empath just picks up. And the thing is, it shows up as your own feeling. So if you're feeling really negative around somebody or sad or depressed, chances are that it's coming from a different source. It's not you. And I see blue people who have this and they don't, they just over time think it's them all the time. Then there's something else. There's, I, I don't know, like a, a pain body empath or something. This is more like the indigos have this. So some people will feel the feelings of others and they'll just stop there. Like, you know, oh, you're happy. I feel good around you. You're sad. I feel sad around you. Okay, that's one. But then these pain body empaths kind of pick up the stuff that people aren't talking about. Secret pain, walls, blockages. It's like an intuitive knowing of what the reason why somebody around you is grumpy or negative or feeling a certain way or what their hang up is. Like you just know. And I see this a lot with indigos. They tend to pick up the emotion and then they'll make a leap as to why. I have so many indigos, for example, who work as ther- who work like as therapists, especially like with kids or with animals or with like people who are nonverbal. And they know right away what the issue is. Um, you know, something at home or like, I don't know, they're not into their food, you know, or, or it depends what they just know and nobody had to say it. So they can pick up a pain body. Sometimes I'll see indigos know right away, like when somebody's been traumatized, they feel it. Or when somebody um, has a mental condition, they can tell versus somebody who's just, you know, just being difficult. No, that per- there's something wrong with that person. So you can, there's a difference. You can pick up the pain body behind it. You can pick up, like, for example, when I do readings, I can tell if somebody is just, not nice or they have like a mental disorder or the diagnosis or I can, you know, pick up stuff like that. Um, like with Britney Spears, for example, like when I look at her pictures on Instagram, there's more going on here you know, than, I mean, obviously she has some sort of condition. Like, I just know that. <laughs> like, and I don't know that. Nobody told me that, but I just feel that because it's just something that you feel with people. Or I was talking to a woman the other day and, um, she asked me, it was on the Mystic Michaela spiritual family page and, and they asked, somebody asked, um, what does it feel like when somebody has dementia? And I said, their aura looks like, it's also a vibe of almost like looking through a pane of glass that has a lot of buildup on it or is cloudy or it's just pouring and you can't see beyond it. That's what it looks, you know, and, um, and then someone else chimed in and said, well, that's how my husband feels. He says he feels that way in life because he has PTSD. And I'm like, yeah, that's another kind of feeling I can get. Like, it feels like somebody with PTSD, they feel suspended in time. Like they're sit, they're there and everyone else is moving and they're stuck watching it. Um, so it's just kind of like a feeling you can get, which is beyond just, oh, you're making me feel sad or you're making me feel happy or this, or it's kind of like, there's something more here. And you want to dig at it because you want to know what it is. So that's a different type of empath. And I just call it like a pain body person. You can pick up pain bodies on someone. Then there's like the mic drop empath, I call it. So these are empaths. And these are a lot, these are mostly purples, okay? So these are empaths who can just get information just it just smacks them in the face. They get it from signs or dreams or messages or just intuitive feelings. And they just they and they 
get these messages without necessarily getting the backlash of the pain coming with it as experienced as their own. So that whole like, oh, I'm feeling a certain way around somebody like, eh, they keep themselves a little more removed. That's a purple thing. They keep them a little, it's like watching a movie, I'll say, for example, like you're removed, you know, you're not, you're affected by it and you see it, but you're not like, you know, you're, it's apart from you. And, um, it's like the truth will just come to them, like just mic drop moments, like boom, you're in a bad marriage or boom, you know, like you're, I don't know, cheating on your husband. Like you just, they just know, they just get it. Um, when I interviewed Dolores Catania on episode 11, this was interesting. She's, she said that she was, I don't know, she was talking about fighting with Ramona from the New York Housewives and suddenly she said during an interaction with Ramona, she knew Ramona had been hit as a kid. She just knew it. Just mic drop, like spirit just gave that to her. And it just, the information just hit her. And and you know what? She was right. Like, I think Ramona admitted to that or something. And that is what purples get. They can get this kind of just like, like they just, the truth hits them. So I call it like a mic drop empath because they just get mic drop moments from spirit. Then there's nature empaths. Nature empaths actually, a lot of times, turn out to be greens, okay? I see this with a lot of greens, even though greens, <laughs> poor greens, they kind of get the the reputation I guess on this podcast, I got to work on this, um, where they're a little closed off because like they're, I don't know, greens are just so much fun to make fun of, but honestly they're healers. They like to fix things. They like things to run smoothly. And if you notice a lot of times greens have like a green thumb, my dad's a green, for example, like we joke, we can give him any plant and he'll bring it back to life and it'll flourish. It's just, it's like a gift he has. And you look at like, um, Jane Goodall, okay, she's a green. And look how passionate she is about nature and, and humanity and, and, and animals interacting as one and, and bridging that gap. I see that a lot with green people who are balanced. They're healers of the planet. They're, conser- they're into conservation and they're into working as a, a unit and they're bri- bridge work. Um, greens, I don't care what industry they're in. They always do something where they create a bridge from one thing to another. And, and sometimes it has nothing to do with nature. Sometimes they're just engineers and they're creating, I don't know, algorithms or things like that to link systems together. Well, a lot of times greens who are nature empaths will do that with science and our understanding and nature. So I'll see them oftentimes picking up messages from plants and animals in our biosphere and the systems at play. And they, and they like to link the issues to the knowledge as to why, and they try to inform us. Hence why we see many green scientists all around the world working on environmental issues and animal studies. They're called to it. Although I see turquoises a lot in these kind of fields too, by the way. Animal communication empaths. Okay. A lot of you guys have this when I talk to you. Um, Indigos, purples, blues, and turquoises all seem to have their own unique gifts of speaking to animals non-verbally. However, indigos tend to be the more fluid of these empaths who can connect to animals and um, turquoises in a different way because they do the more physical healing thing with animals. Uh, Purples and blues can do this too, but it's more like if they depend... It more depends on like, do they know the animals? So they do it better with like their own pets, whereas indigos can do this with anybody and turquoises too. And greens also have a way of communicating with animals more because they, when they're balanced, when a green's very balanced, they're good alpha, they're good alpha energy. But anyways, animals speak. It's a nonverbal energetic communication and people can pick up on it. 
And I, I see this all the time with indigos talking to pets <laughs> and you, and the pets understand them. And when I do pets, read, and I have to do a podcast about pets, but like with this whole pet reading thing or, you know, you read your pets, you talk to them and you're speaking. It's just not in words. It's in pictures. It's in intentions. It's in energy. And they'll, they, they read you all the time. They pick up your energy. They pick up what you mean. They pick up not what you're saying so much as what your mood is. And if you are really in control over that, you can send the messages through that. And indigos just tend to be better at that uh, with with all animals. So that's why I, I do often see indigos and very deep blues working with animals, like rescue animals or animals that um, come in off the streets and they're not very well trained or they bite or things like that because you can just talk to them and they get it. They pick it right up. They understand that you either mean no harm or you're here to help them or whatever because you're good at shooting out your energy that way because you're an animal communicator empath. So that was just like a quick just how it works with colors because however it works for you and your life, it's affecting you. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. And let's go on into the difference between empaths and those who are just empathic. And here's the thing. Most people are empathic, which is different from being an empath. But empathic is a human trait. We have humanity. And and we wouldn't have humanity if we weren't all mostly empathic. The world would be truly screwed if we weren't, most of us, empathic. Most of us have a base level of empathy for others, even strangers. Even the hardest heart can see like a wounded kitten and want to help it or a lost child and go to them or be a good Samaritan to a struggling person on the side of the road or something. Our humanity, our social structure depends on the ability for all of us to hold some sort of empathic traits. So most people are empathic, but not empaths. There is a difference. And the difference is, do you hold it? Empaths absorb. They are walking sponges. They take in others' energy and they keep it. They mold themselves accordingly. They change themselves because of it. Therefore, good things can make them feel good and bad things can make them feel terrible. Kind of like cold-blooded animals are dependent on the weather. Empaths who are unaware, unaware empaths, like they don't know what they got going on, become dependent on the moods of the people around them for their own survival. They are so concerned with how other feels, how others feel, they have lost the ability to separate from that into their own identities. 
I talk about empaths a lot on here, and it's because I truly feel like we are being held down, ridiculed, mocked, and kicked around a lot so as to stay unaware. Like, this isn't a thing. This isn't real. And therefore, totally manipulated by the ego's version of society. When I say the ego's version of society, I talk about the way it's set up so as to make sure the alpha dominant members of society keep it all to themselves and they can't do it without stepping on the backs of empaths. And I really feel like it's time to flip that switch. And there is a consciousness shift happening. I talk about this on episode 28. I talk about the fifth dimension and we are part of it. The world we live in is very third dimensional, very 3D. We are taught from a very early age to ignore the bond we innately have with self and spirit. You're born connected. It's like the Wi-Fi is turned on. You are totally good. You got all the senses you need. You're very complete. And you're born this way. And and then they they ruin it. (laughs) They don't mean to. It's mostly society. And kind of like unaware empath stuff and and parenting that doesn't understand it. But you are born totally bonded completely with self and spirit or whatever you want to call it, God, or that which is greater than us. Um, This bond is almost severed immediately and false things are put in its place. And it's different depending on how you are raised. But for empaths, a lot of time, a lot of times it's about pleasing being a pleaser. Basically, the bond with self and spirit is now replaced by the bond between how you make others feel and yourself. So instead of you feeling spirit, you feel other people's feelings. And then you take your self-worth from outside of yourself there instead of inside of yourself to where that bond to that which greater than uh, that which is greater to uh, than us is innately supposed. That's where it's supposed to come from, that source. And it's replaced. It's severed and it's replaced. And... The 3D world is totally centered on that. So we don't feel successful as empaths <laughs> because in, in the 3D world, success is a bunch of stuff we don't seriously care about. So we have to borrow happiness if we want to feel successful, but it's empty. We don't feel it because in the 3D world, what is success? It's money, how far you get in the rat race, how much others look up to you, keeping up with the Joneses comparison, having more, the latest, greatest approval, who you are, what your last name is, what you look like, where you're from. It's all 3D stuff. This is not real. Your connection isn't even to your gender or your nationality or your religion or anything. That's all ego. That's all human stuff. Your connection is very clear, very pure, very much exactly what you came here with. It's you And your pure portal that you have within the spirit, it just got shut down. So as an empath, the things that turn it back on, it's hard. It's hard. We got to turn it back on. We have to get back in there and ask ourselves, well, what is important to me? Because it's seriously not what phone I have. And it's seriously not what shoes I'm wearing. And it's seriously not what the neighbors think about me. Even though I was borrowing society's need to think that's what makes me feel successful. And when you strip yourself of that, you're like, whoa, this is really simple. (laughs) I don't care about any of that. That's where you start. So as we go through this time in our world with, I mean, the pandemic and whatever it is that's going on in the world in general, it's like a hot mess. A lot of people are wondering what their place in it is. And I feel like as humans, we're, we're really being presented with a choice. 
to rise above and get to work, get to the actual thing you're talking about and leaving your own ego's agenda at the door. And that's the fifth dimension calling. And some are going there. Some are going to that calling and some are not going to go to it. And that's why we're seeing a lot of strife. And that's why we're seeing a lot of heads butting. And that's why we all have to deal with it in our own way. And as empaths, you know, we don't connect to so much to things. And it's not that empathic people who aren't empaths do connect to the rat race or keeping up with the Joneses or whatever. It's just that like, we truly don't like, there's not even an iota of us that does. And there's nothing we like more than a relationship than making sure we're creating a vibe around us, which is of the light, the highest good that's replicating that feeling of self-sufficiency. So for example, like empaths like to have friendships where we support each other in connecting to ourselves. So, just like I've seen on the Mystic Michaela Spiritual Family, like a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, I never felt comfortable talking about things like this with anybody before. Yeah, it's because other people get freaked out when you start talking about connecting to God inside of yourself and not caring about things that other people care about. It freaks them out. Why? Because it's triggering them. Because it's something that they were told was so flipping important and it's not. And, and you're not subscribing to it. And it's going to trigger other people. And they're going to get insecure and all this stuff and you're going to feel that. So we love having relationships where we can help each other do that for each other. We love any relationship, like love relationships, friends relationships, you know, parent relationships, kid relationships, any, any relationship we have, the point of a relationship for us is to replicate the unconditional love we know that exists for us in spirit. And that's our job as empaths, to validate people, to see them, and to show them what unconditional love looks like. But you have to be choosy about who you do that for. Hence why narcissists come in and swoop in and you know, like to take all that for themselves. That's why I'm going to get into it. But being unaware is when you're mostly, we're very vulnerable as an empath when you don't know that you're one. But I'll get to that in a second. But yeah, there's nothing like we like more than a relationship. The making sure we are creating a vibe around us, which is of the light, the highest good. And it's important that we see the power we have, that pure ability to feel others' feelings as our own so as to make a choice not to do things just because they want us to. Like you don't have to do something just because you know somebody else wants you to. Like you, you probably have been doing it over and over and over again habitually without understanding that there is a choice here. You can either do it or not do it. And eventually you have to get to a point where you make that choice and you know when you make to do it that it's of the highest good. And when you make the choice not to do it, it's still of the highest good. Because the ego and the empath works a very special way. Empaths will feel like they are responsible for everything. We think when, you know, the word ego, it means, oh, we're the best. We're, you know, we're so wonderful. We're awesome. But in an empath, the ego works telling you that you're the worst. And right there, it tricks us. And if you see that, if you see all the ways you are being told that you aren't any good, that's ego. That you're the reason why everything's wrong. That if you don't fix this, if you don't do this, if you don't interject, if you're not the peacemaker, if you're not doing what your friend, husband, mom, kid wants you to do all the time, you're a bad person. If you don't judge yourself from other people's feelings about you, that you're bad. That's how the ego works in us empaths and you got to fight that. And you can see it and you can single it out and you can say not today and you can move on with the choice that's in your highest good, the one that reflects that pure connection to spirit. Because you didn't just come here with all this like ability to show people your unconditional love and validate and see them. You came there to do this to the people that are going to get the most of it. It's kind of like, this is a terrible metaphor, but sometimes this is what I get. (laughs) It's like, let's say you had like really awesome coupons. 
Okay. Like really like the best coupons, you know, like, oh my God, these are such good coupons. And if you gave them to somebody who was just going to throw them out, like, isn't that a waste? You know, you'd want to give it to people who also shared your love of the coupons. You know, you, you, that's the same thing with your empath gift. You don't want to just give it to people that are like shrugging it off, like, ah, whatever. You have to give it to people that are like, oh my gosh, thank you. This made a difference today. That's where you're supposed to put the energy. But the ego will tell you otherwise. I had a reading with a woman. I mean, she was just wonderful. She was a mom, you know, to adult children, and she worked for one of them who had their own business. And the first thing that happened in her reading, which sometimes happens because spirit guys will just come in and not sugarcoat and just start yelling at the person in a nice way, you know, like I'm not mean, just they're very direct. Um, But the first thing that came in, I got this message and, and it said, and her spirit guide said, listen, you need to receive too. And I told her this and I filled her in on what an empath is because she was blue and yellow. And she shared with me, basically, she wasn't cashing her paychecks from her job where her kid was her boss because she didn't want to take from her kid. Now, she worked for her kid, okay, and she was doing a lot of work, but she wasn't cashing the paychecks because she didn't feel she earned her paycheck this pay period. So she has kind of a low self-worth thing going on. Meanwhile, her kid, who is also blue, is with somebody that the whole family's like, now that's not so awesome. She was, you know, so this woman's daughter is in a relationship with a very high maintenance man, someone who's very greedy and a user, someone who's all about appearances and money, someone who is about keeping up with the Joneses. And he definitely cashes those paychecks. He definitely takes anything she gives him, takes it, gobbles it up. And you know what? It's never enough. He always wants more. And this empath daughter is constantly giving to him, always giving, giving, giving. And the mom saw it. The rest of the family sees it. And the mom's upset about this relationship her daughter has with this man, the daughter that she works for. And Spirit told her, this is all related, which is kind of like a jump. We have to look at this, that this mother not cashing the check that her daughter is giving to her is making her daughter Give to greedy people who don't appreciate it because the daughter wants to give and the mom won't take. But an empath needs to give and an empath also needs to learn how to take. If a child hands you a rose, what do you do? You take it and you say, oh my gosh, thank you. Now, how would that child feel if you said, oh no, I don't want to take your rose. I'm not worthy of it. I don't want that. Sit in that. This little kid he wants to give you a rose and you're like, no, I don't want it. They need you to take that rose. And that daughter needs her mom to cash that check because it wasn't about the check. It's about the daughter giving to her mother and feeling good about it, feeling needed, feeling helpful. And it's about the mom taking it and understanding that it's a gift to the daughter to receive it. But her ego, the mom's ego was making her feel like she didn't deserve it and it was tripping everyone up. Us empaths need to learn how to give to the good places. Otherwise, we give to the bad places. When you parent an empath, when you're, when you're a mother or father of an empath kid, you have to teach them that. And you also have to role model it. That sometimes you have to receive too. And you have to say thank you. And even though it's weird and awkward because of whatever issues you have with taking, because you don't feel like you're worthy if you're taking, only if you're giving, you got to confront that so that your kid doesn't do that too. 
And maybe, maybe she'll start taking from her daughter now because, yes, it's awkward and it's weird for her, but she has to. And maybe the daughter will start to see what a greedy person this guy is in her life and cut that out. And maybe it'll help. And how many times has this happened to you? How many times in some, has someone in your life that you have constantly been running around for? You constantly do things for, drop things for, first one to call, first one to show up for this, da, da, da. you find out that they do things for others that they never do for you. You know, um, I had a friend, she was, you know, it was a long time ago. I mean, we've all had these toxic friendships or whatever, especially if you're an empath. Um, you know, I, she was uh, getting divorced and I think I was like her therapist for a full year, basically, <laughs> like, you know, friend therapist, trying to help her and talk to her. Um, you know, you got to do this. Don't do this. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's awful. Let me help you. Let me help you do this. Uh, you know, and, and I noticed that for the friends that were cooler than me, <laughs> she was showing up to all their kids' birthday parties and she was doing stuff for them and going out to lunch with them and celebrating their birthday and this and that. Now, she wasn't telling them about her life that was very dramatic and very Jerry Springer-esque. I was hearing that stuff, but guess what else I wasn't getting? I wasn't, you know, I was getting the RSV to the VP to the party and then she wasn't showing up. I was getting, you know, oh, I can't make it today all the time. I was getting all that stuff. You know, I wasn't giving to the right place, basically. And even though she needed it the most, she wasn't benefiting from it. And everybody was losing here. I was losing, she was losing... Nobody was helping anybody. And I think, you know, for me, that was a number of years ago. It was just kind of like one of those wake-up calls, like, okay, you got to give where it's appreciated. And that's on me, you know, like seeing that just because it's the most needed there doesn't mean it's the most helpful. And um, I think we've all had that kind of experience where we are the person that is not prioritized but we're the person that's been the best to the other person. And you have to look at those relationships and be like, e, no, I have to go to relationships where I am getting things from somebody too, even though that's weird for me because you know we have our issues. So when this stuff happens, it's time to ask yourself, why am I not receiving you, you know, personal responsibility? Very important. What is it about myself that is awkward receiving? All of this, it's so fascinating to me. It's so important. It is so not talked about. So talking about empaths and giving us the path to recover the path to recovering our power is my truest passion in life. So in episode four, I talk about what I call the recovering empath. So I got into it very deeply on that episode. If you haven't checked it out, I recommend that you do. And I did a meditation series on it. I talk about it all the time. But here's the Cliff Notes version just to review. This is very short. I just want to review it for you. So this is the process that spirit has channeled through me to deliver to you. And I call it the recovering empath. So programmed empaths, the unaware empath, programmed empaths are unaware of their powers, thus leaving them susceptible to blindly fulfilling the needs of others, especially those with narcissistic motives. They are born into a family where a role is given to them. They're the good one, the fixer, the one without issues, whatever. They take their self-worth from their low-impact existence. The least given to them means the most worth they have, just like that woman not taking her kid's paycheck. This pattern continues their whole life as they become doormatted by people over and over again. Invisibility is the empath's survival tool, making sure that they aren't seen so they can't be projected upon. 
If raised in a narcissistic environment by a narcissistic parent, the empath learns to become unseen, to wallflower, so that they don't trigger the narcissist's rage or projections. There is only one special person in a narcissistic relationship, the narcissist. And I talk about that, I think it's episode six, um, empaths versus narcissists. The empath has been raised to know this and thus learns to be no one with no identity of special qualities of their own in order to please the narcissist. Once aware, once aware of this, the empath can feel angry and victimized. Stages that are necessary but must be passed through. Anger is a breakthrough emotion. It will crack open the hurt and the reality of what has been happening for so long subconsciously. So it's a good emotion, but the goal here is to see it, validate it, and you got to move through it with a lesson learned. Isolation is the next step. It's often the safe place for an empath who has been hurt so badly to the point of not trusting their own instincts. So they're just like, whatever, I'm going to be friends with nobody and live alone with my cat. That's like, that's a whole stage. Feeling one's own pain and seeing how they have been taken advantage of can cause the empath to stay away from deeper relationships. People can get stuck there for a while. Healing and light working are the ways the empath can finally see the connection they are so needing in this lifetime. That's what I'm trying to work on with you guys here. Let's heal it. Let's light work. Light working just means giving to those who are worthy of it, not who those who require an endless supply of it. There is a difference. Giving to those who want to get better, not just to those who are constantly needing to get cured, but man, they never do. They just love the cure, but they don't like the fix. The world wants to keep us unaware, people, because that codependency is great for power-hungry people. They manipulate, use, mistreat, benefit off of it because they know that unaware empaths need the praise of others around them more than any credit for work they've done or help they've given. And right there, they are sucked on and used like feeding grounds for others energetically. Hence, why empaths attract narcissists and other toxic energies more than anyone else. The aware empath, however, they have this knowledge and they do better because they know better. So empathic people versus empaths, okay? So empathic people have a feeling of other feelings, but they don't hold on to it so much. Yes, they can feel if they've displeased someone, but with their own reality, so much more intact and with so many more natural boundaries, it just doesn't feel bad enough for them to change behavior because of it. If they feel they need to apologize or change a behavior or own up to something, yes, they'll do that. But it makes no sense. If it makes no sense, they just won't. And they'll be fine because of it. Hence why empathic people who are not empaths tend not to fall for the tricks of toxic people. They stay away from them and vice versa. They can simply turn it on, turn it on and off, shrug it off, do all the things they tell you to do when you're faced with similar situations. How many times have you been heard? Oh, just let it go. Oh, don't let it bother you. Oh, don't worry about it. Oh, stop thinking about it because they can do that. They have less of a hard time confronting people because they don't feel as strongly the discomfort of the whole situation in terms of how it reflects upon their self-worth. So like I'll see people like my husband, for example, being red blue, like, yes, he's blue, but he's more red, you know, so he's more empathic. And I honestly, that's, that's most people like they feel bad or they'll get upset or they'll want to protect, but they don't hold on to it. And if they feel like they're right, they move on. So it kind of depends what your secondary color is and how much stronger naturally it is than your empath color. Some people are more, have like a stronger lean on their empath colors. Some people are all empath colors. And some people um, have a stronger lean on their less, their more empathic color. The other one, the logical one. 
Many empaths end up friends with empathic people, which is a good balance, but it's important to know they probably don't understand the extent to which you feel things and the extent to which you cannot turn it off. Here's the thing. like, It's really not a shameful thing to have these abilities, to have empath abilities. One of the things I notice about being an empath is there is so much avoiding. I'm guilty of it too. Avoiding, apologizing, and the white lying, white lies. Oh, I can't go to the party. I have another commitment. <laughs> you know, you just don't want to go. <laughs> you can't stay at the crowded restaurant because you don't feel well. You can't be around so-and-so's boyfriend because you're busy tonight. But really, it's because you don't want to and the energy's bad. Like, for whatever reason, we can't say that. But, like, what if we could? And I think some of us are. I really do. What if we started, little by little, fostering an environment where it wasn't necessary to lie? Like the feelings we have are valid enough to be used in an upfront way. What if we walked into a restaurant and just said, you know, there's bad vibes in here. I got to go. Because like, you know, that's a thing. And we get forced from a young age to ignore that. Or what if we taught kids that the weird feelings they get about that uncle or the friend of the family, like aren't rude. Like they need to be listened to because those funny feelings kids get mean something. And if we listen, it's something which we can protect them, not just now, but later in life. How many people, how many people do I talk to, like, I, they're, they were never validated growing up. So now they just think that they're just making stuff up all the time. Empaths, all the time. And, and what if when you get asked, hey, are you sure you're okay? And, and like, instead of saying, yeah, I'm fine, how about you just tell them actually, like, no, I'm not okay. I'm, like, kind of feeling a lot of anxiety right now. I got to go home. <laughs> Like, what if you were just honest? And why do we pretend we don't have these feelings? Why do they have to be so shameful? Well, it's because society has put that connotation with vulnerability. Oh, it's shameful. It's shameful to have the gift you have of feeling real vibes, real things. These things are shameful because society has told us that we're weak for having them, but actually the feelings that you have are power. They are power and they are insight and they are message and they mean something. They feel heavy, but they get lighter when you understand their purpose and their purpose is telling you something important. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. I had a reading with a woman who was wondering why a friend of a friend, you know, she was just always in that circle, bothered her so much. And this woman was like always around. And the woman I was reading had no idea why she was so triggered by her. So I looked at everybody and I looked at the woman, you know, who was bothering my client. And it was just, she, this lady had a very deep blue aura around her. And it was a vibe of that like victim blue thing going on, which can happen if somebody is around a narcissist like way too much growing up. And they never drop that way of thinking. So like everything happens to them and they have zero responsibility and they have zero awareness. And it's a way of coping with living with a narcissist. But it's, Kind of when somebody who is super unaware and also has this really not nice intention about them. So reminder, it's never the color's fault. You know, it's the intention of a person. So a blue person doesn't mean they're nice. <laughs> and a red person, it doesn't mean they're mean. It, the color of a person's aura only drives the way they do things. Intention, which you can't see, you feel, and everybody can feel it, is what 
you know, is to be read. So this person anyways was doing the victim thing a lot in the group. Um, and she would always in the group drop like not nice comments about my client. She would attack like her material things, like what she was wearing or what she looked like or what, um, you know, she would do like with the keeping up with the Joneses thing and really try to totally shame anybody who presented themselves as honest or vulnerable or not caring so much which label they were wearing or what they were driving or which credit card they had, like really insecure stuff. But she had a way of doing it where for whatever reason, it became like a bullying session with my client around her. Oh, look at her. She doesn't even care, you know, what shoes she has. Or do you even know how to shop? Or do you don't even have the model of this car? You haven't gone here yet? Oh my God, I'm so shocked, really. And it's really bitchy and there you have it. But my client was such an empath. She was absorbing it. She was being energy bullied. She felt terrible, like a stupid person, like a worthless little person. It was totally working. She was absorbing what this woman felt about herself. So that's like um, that the the type of empath that picks up people's emotions, but she wasn't like digesting it to understand that this was the woman's own issue. So that's what we were end up talking about. But anyway, so um, she yeah she was absorbing what this woman was feeling about herself, so that the woman could basically kick the crap out of her when she was around. And this was this sick woman's version of a therapy session. Like I'm gonna project all my self worth issues on you and attack you, so you see how weak I am in your eyes, and then I can kick it all when you're down. It's kind of like, um, I, it's projected self-abuse stuff. I see empaths usually are a dumping ground for other people's issues. You got to watch that. Anyhow, I told her all this and I was like, why can't you just stay, start saying things? Like if you have to be around this person, which like I personally would try not to be, but if you have to, you know, just ask her. So I'm like, Hey, are you feeling anxious today? I'm getting such anxious energy on you. Like for sure, this woman will not be able to deal with hearing that. And it's true. And she will try to turn it around or flip it or make fun of her. But if, you, if I told her if you stick to it, she won't be able to handle it. And maybe she will stay away or maybe she'll just have a breakthrough. But own it. Own how you feel around her because you're picking up her stuff, not yours. And if she makes a joke, don't laugh at it. Actually, have her explain why it's funny. Oh, can you explain why that's funny? I don't understand why that's funny. Like, just ask her to explain it and then she'll feel like the idiot. People like that can't handle when you flip it around. So understand what's going on. Try not to take the bait because somewhere deeply subconsciously down as empaths, sometimes we will become the punching bag just to make the other person feel better, even though it sacrifices how we feel in the moment. It's really deep stuff. Like we will actually be a punching bag for somebody emotionally, verbally, even sometimes physically, so that for a moment they feel better because we're such innate healers. And that's what you got to watch, that you're not allowing yourself to get molded into a punching bag subconsciously because you value their reality over yours. And isn't it funny how we walk around making up excuses which others understand? And if we all collectively didn't do that, what would that look like? What if I can't be around you because you're really energetically irresponsible was a valid excuse, like telling someone they had the flu and you don't want to catch it. I mean, we understand the flu thing and the bad vibe thing, and it's just as real. So why not? What would we do if we told people the truth and we didn't have so much concern if they understood it or not? Like we will feel them not understanding it and we'll feel their insecurity. But what if we understand that that's not our responsibility to protect them from their own feelings? So anyways, I hope this all struck a chord because one of my hard-won lessons 
was in all of this, you can't take them all with you. And I hope you understand that too, because in this third dimensional world, this ego trick is to make the empath thing something where you have to take others with you. You have to heal them all and you can't. You have to cut some loose and man, that hurts. But it's necessary and it's something you have to do. And the gift spirit gives you when you do that is the clarity of what you've done is okay. And I hope you take that gift. And I hope you take that rose, like I talked about a little kid giving you. You got to take it. Take the gift. Take spirit's rose. Take their gift. Separate your feelings from others. Understand that your feelings are valid and super important. (laughs) Understand that you have this amazing power and that it's worthy and that it's supposed to be used in good places, not the places where it gets wasted. And I send you guys all my love. Hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. So that was that was deep. It was deep. That was intense. Intense. And I think maybe we need to, for the last 10 minutes, lighten things let's, up a little bit. Let's lighten it up. All right. All right. What's so, going on? We, yep, still, yep. we still have aura readings to do. Yes, we still have. Uh, we're going to do some more aura readings at okay. the end. Um, you know, I, I, I wanted to kind of, you know, just for fun, you know, where do people listen to the, the podcast? You know, okay. where are some interesting places that you listen to the podcast and – uh, we got some very interesting answers. Mm-hmm. So I asked Mystic Michaela, spiritual family, where do you listen? And this is some of the responses. So Nancy, she said that she does it when she's grooming her horses. Oh. Which I thought was interesting. That's interesting. Uh, you know, Sonia added when she grooms her dogs. Okay. Grooming, um, grooming animals. Yeah, a lot of grooming animals. We had a lot of people doing it, uh, listening in the car, like drives to work. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes total sense. Yeah. Uh, those weren't too... Uh, offbeat, I guess. Um, <laughs> as you as you scroll, looking for I, the offbeat ones. Yes, uh, holding laundry. A lot of do, when they were doing their oh, chores. Oh, the cleaning yellows. Yeah, Rachel. Yeah. Rachel says she was doing it when she does her chores. Yellow people do like to podcast while cleaning. Yes. Yep. Christine was during her morning walks. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you know we got, and we did get a lot of comments. We got you know like hundreds of comments came in, and here's the one that kind of threw me off. Okay. And it, I'm not going to say it right now. I, I want to kind of preface this now. Okay. As everybody knows. I am the inventor of Strip Podcast. You are. If you are a fan of the podcast, you know that. Yeah, Strip Podcast. I am the fan. And I thought I was very revolutionary. You know, <laughs> right. I really thought like I'd become a green. Yeah. And my aura went green for this. Right. And I'm like the only one that would have ever thought of this. You're visionary here. And, it, and everyone would want to play. Right. But apparently, they don't need to play. Why? Because I would say like 45% of the people that chimed in yeah. said that they listen to the podcast while they're either in the shower oh my God. or in the bathtub. Really? Yes. What, do you, I mean, that's unbelievable. Like, what's going on here? Does that make sense? I don't know. I'm not like that up to date with technology, but do they have some sort of radio thing they can listen in the shower? I don't know. Does that exist? I'm I don't so know. lame. I don't know. But, but, but like for me. Because it's so loud. This is my thought. I would do that. It's just loud. Yeah. And I don't know how to take my phone into the shower. <laughs> but for me, it'd be like really <laughs> weird. Like, another reason. Like, first of all, we have probably the cleanest, cleanest audience in, in podcasting. Okay. So that's one way that. to look at it. Yeah. I mean, and this episode is going long. So this is going to be a oh real long shower. It's a long shower like that, for you. That, the water bill is going to be high this, this month <laughs> for some people. Um, but I also thought like, you know, like when I'm doing like, you know, I'm going to roasties and you're like maybe soaping up down, you know, what? whatever. I, that could be weird. That's weird to me. No, I no? think because a lot of empaths and okay. a lot of people in general get you get spirit messages in water. But who? Okay, who wants to hear my voice while in the shower? I mean, like you, I understand. 
<laughs> like you, I get that part. But do you really want to hear my nonsense while you're in the shower? I guess they do. I guess they do. Like forty five percent do. Yeah, I guess they do. Listen, like, but like a lot of people can get aha moments in the shower. Okay. And one of the reasons why we wanted to do this podcast is I wanted people to get those aha moments, those life changing like, you know, downloads yeah. that yeah. wherever they come from are listening. And it makes sense that they're in water listening. It really does. Because that's a place where it's a huge conduit of spirit message. Okay. I mean, it, I just made that deep for you. You're just like, they're naked and listening. <laughs> <laughs> they're listening to me naked. Which is weird. So maybe I should change the game. <laughs> and I don't think it's all spiritual. You're like, but they're naked. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, it, just, it, just, it just like, for me, it, I, yeah, I don't get it. Um, Maybe I should just change the game. Like the Jumanji game should be like you actually put on an article. Oh, so every time I say Jumanji, right. you put something on. Or maybe you just, you know, exfoliate something. Right. If you're in the bath. <laughs> you exfoliate. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little, really shocking that how yes. many people You're caught actually was in that. the shower. Now, yeah. one person, and this one also really, you know, and people should know by now. When they when we make these lists on on the Facebook page, I'm you know you know I'm going to pick the weird ones. Of course, you know if you pick they know like a, that too. Yeah, they know that. Yeah. So maybe they're you know embellishing. I don't know. I don't but think one, they are. One person did say that they were they listened during romantic times. <gasps> With their like, selves? No, no, no. With, no, no. Sorry. With, other with, with their significant other. That's so, so cool. Them, the significant other and that person were <laughs> listening to me talk about roasties and all Are that nonsense. Sure? And Anne Frank and no. past lives. Yes. Yes. Oh, my yes. God. Really? Yeah. It got, and well, they, they played Jumanji probably first. And then okay. one thing led to another. During romantic times. Yeah. And how could you possibly, when I'm, you know going on a red rant or something. I like, didn't know that we went it? that way for the audience, but okay. Yeah. Okay. Not, that was a very low percent. <laughs> there was only like a couple people that wrote that. A couple? Two? Two well, people wrote it? Maybe it was one. Just but one person wrote it, Scott. Well, I don't want to single them out. I don't, I don't want them to feel bad. <laughs> hey, you know? whatever gets your groove on, you know? Yeah, it doesn't bother me. Like nothing really bothers me, as I we learn, because I'm not an empath. I don't know. You're empathic. I'm empathic, not And an I empath. think you just have a lot of questions for them, actually. I would, I, you know, I do. <laughs> and if they want to DM me, if you know who you are, you can DM you know, me. And I, and we can, if you know who you are, you, know you can DM me well, and let me ask you lots of personal questions about this. Yeah. I can have another Howard Stern moment like I did on uh, the uh, We should have the, them come the on episode. and we just ask exactly like, like how this yeah, goes down. How does that work? Yeah. I can see it for like Call or Daddy or like a different type of podcast. Yeah. You yes. Know? Yes. I yeah. can see that. But for... and. and and again, I'm leaving no. you out of this. Okay. I'm, it's just me. Okay. I'm saying for me, like right. my voice. Hey, the guy from NPR. You know that voice. You don't want to hear. That you do not want to hear that during Maybe romantic times. Maybe it does times. it for him. You don't know. Uh, <laughs> so what? With this dumb laugh and everything. All right. All right. All right. Is all right. that all you got? I think you that's know how we end it. I, I, I yeah. Right. I, I think we have to end it on that. Let's do some I know colors. there was a lot of other good ones. Someone does it when they're shaving their legs. I thought oh, that was interesting. interesting. But yes. um, yeah. I'm glad I'm part of people's you know animal grooming and people grooming. People grooming. <laughs> yes. All right. Let's do <laughs> let's do some more. Okay. All right. We got Meredith Macy. Look at her. Ooh, we got a tricolor. A tri. Yellow, oh. purple, and blue. Wow. Ooh, tricolor. Excellent. Yes. All right. Scrolling down. Tam, Tam, Tammy. Tammy Brown. Okay. Oh, she is green and blue. Jenna, I'm never going to be able to pronounce, Pain Pinto. Pain, yeah. Uh, Purple and blue. Purple and blue. Scrolling down again, Liz. Oh, Oh. Kakpura. 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 She's yellow, but okay, so she's, turquoises are so hard. She's light blue, but I really feel like she's turquoise. But turquoises are kind of like, I don't know, they're they're never 
quite formed. Next one. Thank you for having an easy name to pronounce for me. Gretchen Cunningham. She's blue and yellow. She's an easy aura too. Okay. And, <laughs> and the last person to send in a photo was none other than Carrot Top, the comedian. Oh, no, she's holding carrots. No, 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 no the comedian Carrot Top. <laughs> oh, okay. But yeah, he, he sent in a photo. He's the guy with the red hair. Yes, I know. Yeah. Yeah, no? people our age know who that no, is. No, I'm just kidding. But someone did send in a photo with carrots. This one was not selected randomly, of course. If you take a picture smiling with carrots, I am going to select you. Uh, Danny Smith with the carrots. And she is blue and purple. Perfect. Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in. You know this podcast is for you and about you. I appreciate you. You all take care. (laughs) 